everybody. Welcome to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty, and today we've got my former colleague, Sarah Kasten, who is now the Chief People Officer at Alation Health. Uh, she's the former Head of Human Resources at Kaplan Test Prep. Uh, she worked with me at Kaplan Professional. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks so much, Andy. It's, it's great to be here. Yeah, thank you. So today, we're going to continue exploring the concept of trust in the world of work. And our listeners would remember it back in episode 21, Dan Strafford and I, we discussed what trust looks like at the organizational level. In this podcast, we're going to get Sarah's perspective on trust through the lens of, of a career HR professional, which, uh, which Sarah is. So Sarah, before we get started, please let our listeners know your story. And I, I ask everybody this, but uh, pick one event in your life that was a key accelerant for your career. Uh, you know, what would that accelerant have been? Thinking back, you know, I've, I've been really lucky, I think, in my career uh, that I've had a couple of sort of pivotal moments. But if I were to pick one, I think I uh, was the head of recruiting in uh, our Chicago office at Spore Educational Centers, which was a subsidiary of Kaplan. Uh, and that really was my HR experience. I sort of moved up the ranks uh, on the talent acquisition side and loved it. I you know, thoroughly enjoyed getting to know a wide variety of people. I felt like I was such a critical part of building the organization. Uh, I got a ton of energy uh, from that part of HR and, and from that career path. Uh, after I had been in the director level role, you know, for a, a number of years, I was really sort of feeling like, you know, what else <laughs> could I add to, uh, you know, my, you know, kind of skill set and repertoire. I had started uh, doing some early work on the training and development side. And then, uh, you know, there are a couple of, of shifts that were happening at, at Kaplan. And I just, I had a really amazing opportunity to work with Lauren Thomas-Tavel, who uh, was uh, recently uh, pretty new to Kaplan uh, at that point um, and had just started in our New York office. Uh, she was building the foundation for what would turn into a huge transformational effort uh, within the Kaplan business. Uh, and we talked about what I was looking for and, you know, kind of what my, you know, skill set currently was. And in short, the offer was, hey, if you can relocate from Chicago to New York to, to take this role, uh, I'm building a team that's going to help really change the business and it will expose you to a lot of different parts uh, of HR outside of talent acquisition uh, and training. And so, you know, it was the right opportunity at the right time. Uh, I had said no to previous moves uh, with Kaplan. Uh, I, you know, New York was a, you know, a big city and sort of a big move. Uh, but this was what I would call kind of the right opportunity at the right time. Um, and it delivered. It was just a great opportunity to, to work with a broader team. I got to see all different parts uh, of HR. I got to take on employee engagement, organizational design, compensation, and uh, you know, uh, total rewards. All of those things uh, really helped to get me uh, to a career uh, at a more uh, leadership level uh, in the HR space. Well, that's true to form. You know, Lauren Thomas-Tavel, we're going to have her on the show uh, late, okay. later this year. Um, you, you know, I've, I've asked her, she said, she said that she would uh, do it uh, several months ago. So we're, we're going to have her on the show, but she's been an accelerant 
for a lot of people's uh, career. So thank thank you for uh, bringing you know bringing her name up. Uh, I, I'm I'm a I'm a big big uh, fan of, of Lauren's, and we will have her on the show. Excellent. Yeah. So let, let's just dive right in. Um, uh, you know, we're we're talking about human resources today. Uh, some people love human resources. Some people uh, not so much. To the point where some employees and managers look at HR with a jaundiced eye and formulated a belief that HR is looking out over their shoulder and out to get them. Yeah, you know what? What advice do you have for HR professionals mm-hmm. to cultivate a trust-based working environment between HR and "quote unquote" the business? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I I would start by saying I, I hope uh, that that feeling is dissipating. You know, over over time, I think I heard that almost all the time <laughs> when I started uh, in HR and even you know on the on the talent acquisition and recruiting side. Um, and then I, I feel like a significant part you know of my career was spent being part of the business. You know, I think the first thing is you don't want HR or people organizations to be separate. They should, in fact, be the most embedded uh, so that, uh, you know, we can do our jobs and, you know, recommend best, you know, when we really understand and know the business. So I see, you know, people, HR, you know, whatever you call the organization as a profession moving in that direction at lightning speed, which is great. Uh, I personally think that, you know, there's a a couple of different ways to make sure that's the case. Uh, You know, number one is getting out there and and getting in front of folks. Uh, Building relationships, I think, builds trust. So in a large organization that might leverage a bigger team and some HRBPs uh, and a smaller organization, um, and I'm having an excellent opportunity uh, to do that right now at Alation, we're at about 175 employees, uh, and I'm just starting, but it is absolutely an early goal for me to spend time with every one of them. Um, I think if you get to know someone as a person, uh, if you're consistent in your approach and how you talk in big groups versus how you talk, you know, in a one-on-one conversation, um, all of those things. What do you think about going going just a little bit off script here? But what do you think about the uh, you know emotional intelligence uh, training for human resources professionals, especially folks that have been in the business for a long time and uh, and are in HR and and have you know, kind of let that grind against them for, for a long time is, are there any, you know, specific recommendations you'd have for that HR professional who's been it, been in it for 30 years and just had kind of been, you know, feel like they've uh, been uh, chewed up and spit out uh, for lack of better terminology. How, How do you get that re- you, you talked about that kind of lightning speed that you're moving. How do you get that renewed energy? Yeah. How do you find the joy? Uh, I think yeah. that's how I'd phrase that question. Uh, and I think you've got to go back to your strengths. I'm a huge believer uh, in putting talent to task. Uh, I think you've got to figure out, you know, HR is such a broad field, <laughs> you know, which component of, of HR do you really get, you know, your lift, your joy, your connection, um, and that could be with people, you know, in, in some parts of HR, you know, having those conversations is what brings a lot of lift. 
sometimes, you know, kind of contrary to popular belief, we have a lot of really successful HR professionals that are introverts. Uh, you know, they might be better off, uh, you know, focusing, you know, on a role where we're really analyzing, you know, analytics is such a, an important piece uh, of the people in HR profession that I don't know that everyone realizes. So, uh, you know, figure out where you get your grounding and, and, and try to see if you can spend more of your time there, uh, at least in short bursts, I think can kind of fill, fill someone's cup back up. Uh, the, the love tank, as uh, we, we learned in <laughs> our uh our, our, our marriage counseling. Absolutely. All, all that marriage counseling counseling that Linda and I did, you know, the, the, the love tank that we talked about there, the same concept applies in, in the world of work. I, I just found the, the, the similarities and the spillovers uh, were, were, were quite amazing. But let's not get too distracted with that. We're here to talk <laughs> fair about, enough, fair enough. we're here to talk about trust. <laughs> so, Let's kick it up a notch. So, you know, the the let's suppose that the chief executive officer of your company walks into the office and says, "I really feel like we got an issue with trust around here. What should we do about it? What do you tell uh, that individual?" Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know one of the most important things you know for me is always to have just a great relationship, you know, with whether that's a CEO, the executive team. Um, you know, it, it's such that team working together sets the tone for, you know, the whole whole group. And I would say, you know, with everything, but even more so with a, a foundational building block like trust. Uh, you know, I think you, you want to look, you know, across and really understand what's happening in the business. But almost always the first place to start is with, you know, that leadership group. Um, you know, are, are they viewed, are they modeling the, you know, type of trusting behaviors? Are they trustworthy <laughs> uh, throughout the organization? Uh, and I have been very lucky that I have often worked, you know, with leadership teams that really do embody that trust. Uh, and certainly that, you know, is the case now. One of the ways that I articulate that is, you know, uh, when you're you know, thinking about how do you set a good example of trust? You know, I think one way is consistency. Uh, you know, are you, you know, sort of saying the same thing, you know, espousing, uh, you know, a similar outlook so that people don't feel shocked, <laughs> uh, you know, when you make a decision or change your mind? Um, certainly businesses change, but, you know, leaders can approach that change with some consistency that helps make the change a bit more predictable. I think that helps. Uh, I think listening uh, is, you know, one of the most, you know, speaking of, of, of counseling, <laughs> uh, listening is, is a key part, uh, not just trying to get your message across and kind of prove, you know, whatever you're trying to say, but really listening and understanding uh, can help you, you know, unpack some of those issues. And, you know, going back to setting the tone, you know, with a lot of things, but, you know, it, it comes down, you know, to the leadership team and, you know, who they're hiring who they're firing, who they're promoting, you know, that speaks volumes uh, in what an organization values uh, and can really demonstrate, uh, you know, a good deal of trust through, you know, consistent decisions uh, and kind of living by what you say uh, via those types of decisions. Yeah, I, I, I love it. It's very consistent with what we've talked about on the show that, it, you know, it starts at the top. Uh, a lot of leaders uh, have come into their positions. They feel a certain level of privilege. Uh, and uh, with that privilege comes the, well, these this applies to everybody else but me. Uh, and, 
and and I, I've been I've been guilty of that uh, for sure in, in the past, and I've you know learned some really good and hard leadership lessons that it does have to uh, ha- have to come from the top. You have to you have, really have to walk the talk. Uh, so you know it, it sounds simple. It sounds uh, you know it sounds uh, almost like a duh kind of a statement, but. Uh, but it really does. Uh, it really does start with 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 you as the leader. So I I, I appreciate the, the the perspective there. Um, so now let's move in the other direction. Okay. So we have two hypothetical employees, Allie and Noah. They work in the same department, and they're at each other's throats. They're at rung minus three of the trust ladder. The department the department manager comes to you is at wits end and asks you for advice. What do you say? Uh, first, I you know say thank you to the manager for coming to ask for advice. Uh, I think that's a you know good sign for that manager. It's a good indication of the you know organizational culture, and certainly asking for help versus going it alone, I think, is a, a great step. Uh, second, I think it's important, you know, even at the manager level, for that person to really reflect on on the situation. You know, is there something uh, that they're aware of that may be contributing uh, to some uh, of the discord? Is it uh, environmental? Are they are they both after and, and gunning for the same promotion? Uh, are you know, is there an imbalance uh, in the relationship? Uh, with that manager or exposure to the greater organization, you know, sometimes those things can can really drive a lot of uh, behaviors that are unrelated, you know, to the kind of seeming behavior that that's coming out. Uh, and then I think, you know, on the, on focusing on on the individual side, you know, is you know, can you help them put themselves in the other person's shoes? I think empathy is so important uh, when you're looking to rebuild trust. First, ask, are they interested in rebuilding trust? <laughs> uh, they have to be game to do it for, you know, any sort of exercise to work. Uh, and I think really asking, you know, do they understand, you know, what where the other person is coming from? Um, do they understand what situation the other person is in? You know, certainly uh, people are not static. Uh, you know, is the person, you know, feeling really vulnerable? Uh, is the person feeling really confident? Uh, you know, helping to really think through uh, how the other person and, and kind of where they might be uh, can help, you know, get person in the right frame of mind to start building the the bridge or climbing the ladder. Yeah. The the most important thing that I heard from what you just said is that sometimes it's the manager, sometimes it's the environment. uh, And I would just toss out the word uh, equity to Mm. lead with equity, because sometimes it's those perceived or real uh, differences in how you as a leader treat the individuals who are working with you. And that creates tension where those people are at each other's throats, but it's really something environmental. It's something that either you put in place or the broader organization put in place. Uh, So I I think that's the, the, I I, want to make sure our listeners hear that, that it's not always just Ali and Noah battling it out. Sometimes it's something that, you did or or didn't do uh, exactly, as exactly. manager. They've got to take responsibility. You know, they're the ones who can, you know, really make the progress and fix it. But uh, as a leader, I think you can really uh, you know, think through your role and, you know, what situation, you know, might might be uh, an additional layer to, to the conflict. 
Right, right. So now let's play devil's advocate for just a moment. Um, so trust, you know, I, I talk in this podcast, we talk a lot about plotting trust against accountability. So trust on the vertical axis, accountability on the horizontal axis. And we, we're, we're, we're trying to move cultures and teams into that upper right-hand corner, high trust, uh, high accountability. Uh, but is all this hubbub about trust as an essential component of the workplace? Is it overblown or, or is it real? I, I mean, I think it's absolutely real and I think it's inextricably linked, you know, to, you know, the matrix that you're setting up in terms of accountability. I mean, the, you know, it's going to be so much slower <laughs> without trust, you know, if you feel that you've got to go around and circle back and all those things, uh, you know, man, it's really hard to see real accountability if you don't have uh, that baseline uh, of trust. I think that goes back to, to something we talked about a little bit earlier is just the consistency. Uh, you know, doesn't mean you can't change your mind or, you know, acquire new information that, you know, allows you to make a, a different or better decision, uh, but being transparent about why you're making the decision. Um, something that I very often, you know, counsel folks is don't just focus on what you're saying. That's great. It's important to, to be crisp and prepared, but focus on how the other person is receiving uh, and hearing the information. Are they hearing your intent? Uh, are they, you know, you can tell really often in the moment, you know, if your message is getting across in the way you intended or not. So, you know, kind of taking the, the learning, you know, from Noah and Ali and applying it across, you know, really, you know, taking the time to see how is your message landing? How are folks hearing from you? You know, I think that can help speed up, you know, some of the things that we're trying to, to accomplish in that trust accountability matrix. Yeah, I, I, I like to coach uh, leaders that everybody's got uh, their own change curve. And just because you're a seasoned leader and you've been able to constrain your your change curve and make the peaks lower and the you know the the, the peaks and valleys less uh, less extreme, uh, doesn't mean that your change curve is the same as the as the people around you. So everybody you know it's, everybody is different. Everybody's got their own change curve. Absolutely. And it's hardly ever linear. <laughs> uh, you know, even even if you're a seasoned executive, it you know, very often isn't linear. So I think recognizing that, you know, are folks right there with you and you know, they they get it, you know, are they willing to be there, but they really need process and context, you know, again, thinking about what the other person needs uh, can help help move faster. Yeah. And the the other thing that came to my mind as you as you were talking about the responsibility of leaders is really do avoid the shiny ball syndrome, uh, which is, you know, oh, new shiny ball, let's change direction. Hey, everybody follow me and trust will just evaporate uh, when mm -hmm. leadership is just all over the place and there's not consistency of vision, vision and mission. So uh, yeah, thank you for, yeah, thank you for reinforcing that. Um, so, any final advice on how to establish and grow trust within within a corporation? You know, I think, you know, starts from the top. Uh, you know, it was one of the most important things that I was looking for, you know, as I joined my, you know, new leadership team um, at Elation is, you know, is the leadership team aligned? Uh, you know, is trust, you know, not only, you know, something that's spoken, but something that's accomplished 
you know, do you live your values? Do you do what you say you're going to do? Uh, are you willing to over-communicate uh, in some degrees to, to provide uh, the context that people crave? So I think, uh, you know, it's really exciting for me personally to have joined a team that really embodies that. And I think those tools, you know, really help any organization, um, you know, either build trust or, or, or maintain trust uh, if it's already there. Okay, one last question, and I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, which is, what's that one piece of advice that you would have for somebody that's coming into human resources, they're brand new, they just got their degree, or they got their skill portfolio, what do you, what do you tell them as they enter the field? Ah, wow. Um, you know, first welcome, you know, I think we need, you know, you know, people, HR is such a growing, uh, you know, function. So, um, I'm excited for folks that are, you know, coming out uh, of any experience and, and, and joining, uh, people teams. I, you know, my, I think my one piece of advice would be to ask a lot of questions. Uh, it's a really broad field. Uh, there are so many different types of roles, uh, different kinds of impact, uh, that an individual can make, on an organization, um, find what really excites you, speaks to you, you know, taps into your strengths. Uh, so try different things, ask a lot of questions. It's the best way to get there. Oh, awesome advice. So Sarah, it's so nice to see you again for our listeners. Sarah and I uh, did work together for, uh, for directly together for a couple of years and knew each other in the Kaplan family, uh, much longer than that. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk again, Sarah, because we, we could have uh, we could have literally talked for hours and added, added a lot of value here. But so thank you for being here. I want to thank our listeners for, for joining in. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, find us uh, every all all these episodes sit on andrewtempty.com. Uh, pick up Balancing Act at your favorite bookstore. Uh, tune into the Saturday Morning Muse uh, every Saturday morning on andrewtempty.com. And uh, I guess that's that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Andy. Great to be here.